Bill Michaels Show. We've got conference tournaments getting underway today. Big East, Big Ten. Badgers play tomorrow, Marquette today. A lot of excitement. Aaron Rodgers coming back. Now Devontae Adams, he's been tagged, trying to work out a long-term deal. Who are you keeping? Devondre Campbell, Cedarius Smith, the power shift from the NFC to the AFC and quarterback play, all of that to discuss today on the program. How we looking? Glad to have you on board. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. Giving away a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. All you got to do is uh, go to the uh, download the app, and then you can uh, do the scratch game. Scratch game. And by the way, if you buy the take-home meals or a Coke product of any type or smart water, you get additional scratches along the way. So good stuff there from our friends over there at Quick Trip. Check that out. And you can win yourself a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Uh, nice way to go right there when you talk about uh, if you can win a Chevy Tahoe. Oh, my goodness. And in the meantime, let's talk a little bit more about the rest of uh, the National Football League. Our buddy from Pro Football Focus, Mike Renner, joining us on the hotline. Mike, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. No, absolutely. Glad you could make it. So, first of all, uh, it wasn't about the money, but it was about the money. But we don't know what the money actually is. But $200 million over four years certainly seems like $50 million a year with $153 million of a guaranteed. Give me your thoughts. Yeah, it, to me, like when you saw the report last week where it said, you know, Aaron's still waffling on whether, you know, he'd like to play for the Green Bay Packers or not. To me, that was his agent basically putting that out there to say, because he, because with the you know the tag deadline and everything coming up, he had to have given them some sort of leeway to to know what to do to know what sort of cap situation they'd be in, some sort of run up. He couldn't just make that decision on literally the tag deadline and then expect the Packers to get everything dumped in there. So I think that was just posturing to say, you know what, I still could back out, but I do think he always wanted to be a Green Packer after the season when he did come back. And now they're they're in a position where they can get to they can pretty much keep everything that actually mattered last year intact if they want. So uh, you were at the combine. Give me your thoughts with what you heard regarding the Packers and the patience that the staff had, the patience the, that the front office had. Give me your thoughts about the Packers and and kind of the way I, I guess they carried themselves down at the combine. Yeah, I think they like I said they carried themselves in a way that like they knew that there were, everything was going to be coming back. But from everyone I talked to, it seemed like they were going to try to do everything in their power to like I said, run it back. And now it's not going to be the run it back it was last year, but you look at the rest of the NFC and everyone else is losing a lot more. A lot of teams that did run it back last year are not going to be able to run it back again. So that was kind of the vibe I got, that they're just going to be focused actually on this draft. And that's where their avenue toward adding talent and that they're going to try to keep everything uh, as close to the team we saw back in 2021. Uh, I want to ask you about some of the talent that you got a chance to witness. Now we're seeing more and more players do these pro days, and, and, and pro days are becoming much, much bigger. But give me your thoughts on what kind of what you witnessed down there in Indianapolis because it, it was a little bit different again. Still, we're still dealing with somewhat of a pandemic, and we're coming out of it. But what you saw, the depth of talent at certain positions where it's going to be plentiful this year. Yeah, that's the biggest thing that stood out to me is the depth. There are some positions where, I mean, so we didn't have a ton of true first-round grades, but second and third round in this draft class is loaded, whether it's defensive ends, edge guys, whether it's off-ball linebackers, whether it's even uh, off at the tackles. Like, there there are a lot of positions, and wide receiver. There are a lot of positions in this draft where 
you know, the number one spot, the top guy in the class, maybe isn't the top guy that we saw in years past. Like, there's no Jamar Chase here. There's no uh, even like Penny Sewell that we saw last year to tackle. Like, there's not guys to that caliber of prospects at a lot of positions. But there is depth into where the Packers will be picking around one, where the Packers will be picking around two, where they can probably get two starters in this draft, where that's not always the case uh, in every draft. Packers need wide receiver help. If they cut loose at area Smith, they're going to need an outside pass rusher. They need additional depth at the uh, defensive front next to Kenny Clark. Um, maybe a tight end, maybe an additional uh, depth guy when it comes to a wide body in the offensive line. Uh, give me where it's the most plentiful and where the Green Bay Packers could probably succeed. Yeah, give me pass rushers in this class are deep. I, I think they could now, not a lot of guys make an impact here. One is pass rusher. It's kind of a condition that often takes a while. You know, the Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa of the world, those are rarities. So guys take two or three years to develop. Kind of, uh, Rashawn Gary is a, you know, a great example. Like, that's usually the career path edge guys take. So expecting a guy to come in, hit the ground running, not ideal, but that's, you know, any draft pick, really. So I, I do think edge is going to be very strong by the time they're on the board, um, whether it's, you know, someone like uh, Arnold Ebiketti, the edge rusher from Penn State, whether it's the guy like, uh, David Ajabo, the Michigan edge rusher. Like, there's a lot of guys who tested out extremely athletically in this draft class off the edge that not all of them can end up going in the first round. So someone's going to go uh, towards the back end where the Packers are picking. So uh, I do think that that's one position that the Packers have coveted over the years and that you'll see uh, that if I had to pick one where they're going to end up drafting, it's probably somewhere along the defensive line. Uh, they need another weapon uh, off, opposite Devontae Adams. Um, give me a couple of the burners that you think might really – I mean, I, I get the sense, at least my thought is, you always want to take the best available, don't get me wrong, but the Packers have some opportunities here maybe to move up in the draft. And I know there's a lot of talk about Jordan Love and what his value is, and if he was coming out now between him and Mitch Trubisky, they may go one and two at this point just because of the lack of quarterback play coming into this draft, but give me your thoughts on, on maybe what Jordan Love might bring and uh, one or two, because I think they need to take a burner opposite Devontae Adams. Yeah, the Jordan Love trade, I've seen two separate reports. Talked to different people that uh, Jim Nag, the senior bowl director, said he heard people that think that he could get a second-round pick. Now, I, there weren't anyone willing to put their neck out there and say they'd actually themselves get a second-round pick. So to me, I think it's more likely that you'd get somewhere – either a late three or a fourth round pick in return for Jordan Love if you were to flip him right now. And now it's wide receiver class. I was talking with uh, Cassidy Hill, who's a beat reporter for uh, one of the beat reporters of the Packers, and she asked me, you know, what's your dream scenario? What, what guy who realistically could follow the Packers that I think would be of them the best chance of winning a Super Bowl next year? And that to me is Jamison Williams, the Alabama wide receiver. I, I think he could fall into that range because he did tear his ACL in the national championship game. And obviously after last year, what happened with David Bakhtiari, I'm sure no Packers fans want to say, oh, let's draft a guy with an ACL. But more often than not, the sort of recovery timeline for an injury like that happening in January is early on next season, not later on next season. And with the Packers, with the division that they're in right now, if Aaron Rodgers is brought down to come back, they don't really need a lot to win that division. <laughs> they're probably going to be front runners without a guy like James Wayne. But getting his speed, who's legit low 4-3 to the 4-2, in my, for my money, he was the fastest guy in college football with the ball in their hands last season I saw. Getting a guy like that in that offense would go a long, long way, especially if you lose Marcus Valdez scaling. So that's my dream scenario for the Packers. And it is a loaded wide receiver class. There will be a good one on the board there for them. But he's one guy who, if he didn't tear his ACL, he's going top 15. Because of that, because of a deep wide receiver class, he may get lost in the shuffle. 
Uh, talking with Mike Renner, a pro football focus. You can find him on Twitter at PFF underscore Mike at PFF underscore Mike. Um, when, when you talk about the wide receiver class being deep and then Marquez Valdez scaling with it being so deep, do you think that devalues Marquez Valdez scaling going out on the open market and getting a big contract? A little, I think it devalues the wide receiver class as a whole. Now, devalue it to the point where the Packers can try to fit that guy out of the cap's a whole other story altogether. I mean, they're, they're strapped as is and, you know, having to work some magic with Rogers' contract um, to even get under the cap. So fitting another guy who, you know, talent-wise probably should be in the around $10 million range, very reminiscent of like when Robbie Anderson hit for agency a couple of years ago, and I believe he got around a $10 million deal with the Carolina Panthers initially in that speed role who could do maybe a little bit more than just your pure speed threat, but is never going to be a complete type of wide receiver. So I think even at the $8 million price point, that's pricing them out of where the Packers would be able to get to. Uh, then I wanted to ask you about the depth of, of the guys up front to help Kenny Clark. Is there anybody or any depth to the uh, defensive front? Because I, I think that's one of the areas where the Packers just don't have consistency. They don't have, they, Dean Lowry's good. He had a better season this past year, but he's not another big body that's going to be able to just pound and grind up front in the trenches alongside Kenny Clark. Uh, you, you like a lot of guys coming out regarding this, or is it thin? I think it's fairly thin, unfortunately, in terms of those kind of guys where defense tackle is fairly easy to recognize the body types that win at that position, you know, from a size and then get off perspective. The one guy I'd highlight that, you know, pick back end of the first round could be in play is Travis Jones from UConn. The guy blew up the combine, 325 pounds, around a 49240, and had, a, had almost an identical three cone to Traylon Burks. Um, at about 100 pounds heavier than Traylon Burke. So he can move. He's a guy who can move, played at UConn, so obviously not highly scouted, played on some bad teams and didn't get, you know, not going to be given his best effort through and through when you're down 50 points each game. But he's a guy who went to the Senior Bowl, blew it up, went to the Combine, blew it up. And, and the Packers traditionally have loved those guys, the, especially along the line of scrimmage, the guys who have showed out the Senior Bowl, showed out in the Combine, because those are very indicative at those respective positions along the defensive line. When you are going one-on-one, that's indicative of what you can bring to the next level. So he, he's the guy who could be in play for that first round pick of theirs. Now I want to talk just for a minute, uh, obviously, Russell Wilson going over to the Denver Broncos and the shift from the NFC to the AFC. You've got kind of what, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, and what, Aaron Rodgers? And that's right uh, about it right now, right? When you talk about good quarterbacks that are really capable of leading you deep into the postseason when it comes to the NFC. Well, yeah, I throw Kyler Murray could be in that mix, you know, here shortly. Trey Lance could be in that mix. Justin Fields, like they've drafted guys who are, you know, quote-unquote ascending guys. But, yeah, I think with Matt Ryan on his last legs there out in Atlanta, the sort of path, like, like I was saying, the Packers could even be a worse team than they were last year and still be a clear front runner in the NFC because a lot of the teams that, like I said, that shot the moon, supposedly. That did the run it back last year, did some cat magic to try to get everyone back in the Rams, in the Cowboys, in the Bucks. They don't have avenues to get better. They don't have the draft picks. They don't have the cap space to get better. So a lot of those teams that were in contention last year will be taking bigger steps backwards than the Packers will be. Uh, Mike, real quick before I let you go, the AFC, I, I mean, everybody talks about how strong it is, and it is. I, I'm not going to deny that. But when you talk about some of the top quarterbacks, I mean, the West is loaded. You're still pretty solid uh, over in the AFC North uh, with with Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield if he comes back and he's healthy, and then obviously Joe Burrow coming off of a Super Bowl run. 
Uh, some of the maybe Mac Jones is a sleeper over in the East. I mean, am I correct in just kind of the assumption of the quarterback play over there? Yeah, the AFC all of a sudden is looking like a murderous row. That's going to be, and so everyone thinks. You know, I live here in Cincy, is where PFF is headquartered, and, and all the Bengals fans are like, "Oh, we went to the Super Bowl year two. It's going to be easy pickings. You know, we're going to be back there every year." And it's like, I don't know. Look at the rest of this AFC. You might not even win the North next year with the talent in that division, the talent that's proliferating. So it's going to be a dogfight to the to the Super Bowl there on that side, whereas the NFC might be forever who's the top seed could be a cakewalk next year because this is the way the balance power is shifting uh, is pretty dramatic at this point. Good stuff as always, Mike. We appreciate it. We'll touch base again real soon, okay? For sure, Bill. Appreciate you having me on. Have a good one. Thanks, Bill. Talk to you soon. There you go, Mike Renner. He is from ProFocus, uh, based, like he said, based out of Cincinnati, and uh, they, uh, he's got some, he's got some, some roots down there. But nevertheless, it is uh, the AFC man. It's just loaded, just loaded with all kinds of quarterback play now. Not that it's a bad thing. It's exciting if you're in the AFC. But in the NFC, if you're a Packers fan, you're thinking to yourself, man, it should be, it should be at least a walk, barring mass injury, to the NFC Championship game. Right? It should be at least a walk there. You're running it back. You're trying to get yourself in. I mean, can you can you actually get there? And uh, a lot riding on this season and next season. Those two years, I think that's when the window is open, probably the widest for this team. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Just getting your opinion, outside looking in maybe, of what's gone on in Green Bay, it, we'll say in the last 11 months. Think about what the last 11 months have been for us as Packers fans. You know? Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Big Ten tournament underway. Michigan 41-26 over Indiana right now. Indiana just, uh, to use the word disappointing at this point, might be uh, the best description. Oh, my God. Sitting here watching the the Big Ten tournament. uh, I don't even know who the hell that was. Just fired up uh, a three that not only went over the basket, but flew to the complete other side of the backboard before bouncing out of bounds. Are you watching this, Ben? I am. Or do you got am, golf on? I am waiting. Well, both. I am waiting for Michigan to get in a pressure defense, but not a press because they're different, clearly, and screenshot yeah. it and just say, not a press. It's not a press. It's pressure. Not a press. It's, yeah. Indiana's just playing terrible basketball. Mike Woodson just has to be careful with, you know, grabbing an elbow after the game. Can somebody just run over and just slap Juwan Howard real quick, just while he's standing there on the sideline? Just, you know, give him a whap. Come back for the NCAA tournament. God, it was, you know, right? I'll come back for the tournament. And it was was because, you know, you yelled something that was provocative to me. And, yeah, okay. I don't mean to revisit that. In his (laughs) in his press conference yesterday, he literally said not to make excuses and then proceeded to make every excuse. Right. 
That's what I said. He didn't just say, hey, it's on me. I'm the leader of men. I'm the head coach. I should have been better. My fault. I'm going to move on. I'm better for it. Blah, blah, blah. Didn't do any of that. Said, I accept full responsibility. I'm not going to make excuses. But everything else. And then goes on to uh, blame everything else on on everybody. Uh, Perception regarding the Green Bay Packers. And when you think about it, when you think about this, it seems like seasons and seasons worth, years worth of some controversy. But can you believe it's only been 11 months? It's only been 11 months, really like 10 and a half. Does it seem like years, Ben, that we've been talking about, you know, being unhappy with the organization? What does Aaron Rodgers want? What is he going to do? What kind of contract he wants? Is he coming back? Is he not coming back? Can you believe it's only been like 10 and a half months of this? Well, I started last May, and it's been the topic literally since day one. So I know nothing else. It's What does an offseason look like when you aren't... It, you know, looking right? at Rodgers' golf habits. When you, uh, the Packers reign supreme in the state of Wisconsin, and, and for the most part in sports in general. Whenever you talk Packers, Rodgers, even when Favre was here, it, it was like, you know, that that was it. That's king of the mountain. And everything else falls secondary. But it, see, it, it you talk about just wearing your ass out you know, it's only been ten and a half months. Ten and a half months. Uh, Steve says the Jordan Love pick was foolish, and Rodgers had the right to be upset about that and not giving uh, him more help, especially after seeing Brady leave in Tampa Bay doing whatever it took to help him win. Um, Jason, Jason wants to talk about Brewers. Brewers, look, I think the Brewers are going to be in the postseason. I think the Brewers are going to be in the postseason. Period. Um, what is your opinion? What, what is your opinion when it comes to the outward perspective of the Green Bay Packers, the Rogers situation in the last 10 and a half months? Dan Wetzel of USA Today, or not of USA Today, of uh, Yahoo Sports, uh, wrote today in a piece. Uh, and I could put it up over on uh, the Facebook fan page, but basically called Aaron Rodgers the petty king. He turned pettiness into power. And that seems to be the outside perspective. And I'm asking you. Now, going back to what uh, one of our, our you know viewers said over on the Bud Light live stream, he said, look, Rodgers had a right to be pissed. Rodgers is making laughs or was making less than Jared Goff. So putting it in that perspective, yeah, you know what? Guy deserves money. On the other hand, people look at Tom Brady, who completely skewed the system and said, you know, no. Patrick Mahomes making a lot of money. Josh Allen going to make a lot of money. Go back over the years. You know, Eli Manning made a lot of money. Joe Flacco made a lot of money. Then again, then again, cautionary tale. Once they got paid, never went back to Super Bowl. Never went back to a Super Bowl. They started making more than 13.5% of the team's total salary cap. They never went back to a Super Bowl. Joe Flacco made it once. Eli Manning, after he got paid the second time, never went back. Patrick Mahomes, now that he's making the money, didn't go back. Been there, been very good. Hasn't been back. Rodgers, started getting paid, hasn't been back. 
And it's not that they're bad teams. It's just that they need a piece or two to help them get back. You need that extra piece, that extra dude to get you over the top, that extra superstar on defense get you over the top. Matthew Stafford made 9% of his team's total salary. They bolstered that defense, got extra weapons for him, won a Super Bowl. It's going to be interesting to see what they end up paying Joe Burrow, how much more money Lamar Jackson gets. I get all of that. Will they get there? It's not about getting to an AFC or an NFC championship game. It's about getting back to and winning a Super Bowl. Do you have enough money for that extra dude? That guy that's going to come off the bench, that guy you're finding off the scrap heap, a guy that gets cut, but he finds greener pastures in your own backyard. Devondre Campbell, Whitney Merciless, those cats. You know, come in, contribute, play well, open a few eyes, diamonds in the rough. Do you get that guy? Do you get that guy? And again, Brady and Belichick ruin it for everybody. They ruined it for everybody. Because they were just that good. They were really good at at personnel. They were really good at making sure they had additional money to go out and get the guys they needed. Belichick is a master at saying, this is what we need. This is what we're going to go get. Here's a guy that's going to fit into what it is we want to do. And they did it. They did it. And they were able to win it. Six, seven times. Six times. Brady's got, what, seven rings? Seven rings. Man, most QBs that get there once want to just get back. One more, one more, and you've got massive legacy in the NFL. Brady blew that out of the water. Ruined it. Ruined it for everybody. Because now if you don't have three or four, you're not even on that same plateau. This team gets to the playoffs. Gets to the playoffs but has not been back since 2011. More than a decade. 877-867-1670, uh, The one reason why Brady didn't want the money was because his wife, and again, Sean, I agree with you. I, I, get, I get it. So, in other words, here's the trick. If you're a quarterback in the NFL, go find some some wife that's making a boatload of money, and then you don't have to take as much, and therefore you can go ahead and win Super Bowls. Is that the form? Is that the formula to win championships? You got to have a quarterback with a hot wife that makes money. That's where we're going. That's the formula. I think if you're a quarterback on the backside of your career. Uh, and I'm looking at legacy. Nobody wants to take less money. But one year, if it's if it's in the realm of you and I, you and I look at it and go, yeah, we don't. Come on, we wouldn't turn down an extra nine million a year. We'd take the money. But we live in a different world, man. We live in a different world. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. But when you've got two hundred. $300 million in the bank. And now you're talking about the difference between making an extra $10, $12, million, $15 a year for two years versus maybe a ring or two. 
I don't know if the priorities are exactly the same as you and I would look at it. You know, it's easy for us to say, ah, screw it. Take less money. Give a million bucks to a buddy. Let's go to Eric. Eric, welcome to the program, The Bill Michael Show. What's going on, man? Hi, Bill. Uh, my opinion is, and I don't necessarily disagree with you, but still, my opinion is you're looking at the glasses half empty instead of half full like teams are. Um, I think that, yeah, no team has been to the Super Bowl when they pay their quarterback more than that 13%, but teams are thinking that eventually a quarterback will, and I think a team will. I'd actually bet you 100 bucks that within the next 10 years, a team will go to the Super Bowl with their quarterback making more than that uh, 13%, and I would hope it's the Green – well, no, I, I guess it doesn't have to be the Green Bay Packers because they're going to keep Aaron under – but I would think that it might be the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes if they go over that 13%. And they're looking at it as glass half uh, half full because um, they're probably someone's going to go over that. Um, but I, you're saying no one ever has. And no one ever has. Yeah. But still, teams are going to pay. And someone eventually will. I am going to 100% agree with you. Can you believe it? Uh, well, wow. Yeah, thank you. But I, I, I you know, <laughs> you, you bring up a great point. I appreciate it. Let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Eric's right. And I'll tell you why he's right when we come back. And I know right now, if you're driving along somewhere, you've been hearing me preaching this number for a long time. A long time, right? 13.9%. That's the magic number. If you're going to get yourself a championship, got to get, got to get your quarterback below that. Got to share the wealth, 13.9. But pull over. Take both hands. Hang on to your ass. I'm going to tell you why Eric's right when we come back. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. the caller prior to going to break was right coming up here in just a minute promise you promise you good stuff uh 877-867-1670 877-867-1670 hey uh great guy kyle or kyle excuse me lyle and his staff at jnl tire uh right off of uh 94 in johnson creek great people Great people. They do great work. As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to head uh, take my car out there next week. I'm going to get uh, the oil changed and a couple things looked at. Uh, just had new tires put on not too long ago, but they do great service work. And if you are an over-the-road driver, if you're a semi-driver, whatever it happens to be, they do work on tractor trailers as well. Big buses, you name it. JNLTire.com. JNLTire.com. And they're in Watertown as well, but they do some terrific work. Stop in and tell my buddy Lyle we said hi. And Lyle does great work in the community out there as well, really community-oriented and just such a such a wonderful man. I mean, if you talk about there's some good people, salt-of-the-earth people in the world, that's one of them. So stop in to a place you can trust. So Eric, the caller just prior, said that he believes. Now, I've been preaching 13.9% of the team's total salary cap 
In the National Football League, the quarterback has to make under that and if you're going to have any legitimate shot at getting to a Super Bowl. And he said in the next 10 years, a quarterback is going to win it, making more than 13.9%. You're going to pass out because I agree with him. Here's the reason why. With escalating salaries for quarterbacks, eventually the playing field will be leveled because everybody's going to have their quarterback eventually making more than 13.9%, except for teams like Cincinnati who just went because Joe Burrow is still on that rookie deal. Patrick Mahomes went. He was still on that rookie deal. You see what I'm saying? So if you get a terrific quarterback early on and you package that together with a team that you've built around him, yeah, you're still going to get there. You'll get there because you can afford to go out and get different weaponry for that quarterback, whether it's a defense to back him up or it's different weaponry, wide receivers and such, to, to be able to get to him. Okay. But eventually, because of the escalation of salaries, you're going to be able to get there and most likely win it with a quarterback making more than 13.9% of the team's total salary. I would agree with him. The likelihood of that on a continual basis is going to be less percentage-wise than a quarterback that's on a rookie deal that's really, really good, that comes into the league and has a team ready to go. Okay? You just need that quarterback. I understand that. But somebody's going to do it. Let me caution you, though. Because it doesn't, hasn't ever happened. Historically. Now, you can go all the way back to the beginning of the Super Bowl era, but really go back to salary caps and free agency and such. Go back to that era, even from the beginning there moving forward. It, it's never happened. His, his, it, it has never happened in the history of the NFL. So that's why I say, yeah, it'll happen. Somebody's going to do it. It's like nobody, I think, over the age of 30-something, 33, 34 at one point, had ever won a Super Bowl until John Elway did it. And when Elway did it, uh, then you had Peyton Manning do it, you had Tom Brady do it, you had Drew Brees get the one, but all these guys, you start looking at their careers, and they're winning Super Bowls early on and not getting back there, but, uh, you know, Brady... And Manning both did it in the latter portion of their career. You've had guys, uh, you know, Warren Moon was the first guy to really be effective over the age of 40. You know, then now you've got Brady did it. Manning did it. Breeze was creeping in on 40. Favre played after 40. He was effective. I mean, so now that that barrier has begun to, to you know, crumble as well. Because once you got past 36, 37, that was it. Now you got Aaron Rodgers getting a $200 million contract at the age of 38. But we, I look at him and I say, this guy could probably play. If Brady could do it to 44, why not Rodgers? You may have five, six more years left with this guy. So the, 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 the laws, the rules that you live by, they're still really, really, really good guidelines. You know? But it, it's, it's not the law anymore. And at some point, that 13.9%, that that law, will become a guideline because somebody's going to break it. And I would agree with Eric. In the next 10 years, who knows? Maybe it's maybe it's next year. Or maybe it's the year after that. Maybe it's the third year of that deal with Aaron Rodgers where he's making 14% of the team's total salary cap, if it all works out that way. 
Maybe he maybe he does it. Maybe he does it at the age of 41. 41, 42. Then pff, rides off into the sunset. Maybe at that point that happens. Uh, Zabe's number one says, hey, Bill, the last 11 months has been like a roller coaster that you went on over the summer and got sick on it, but came out of it. Okay. Liked it enough to get back on it only to get sick on it again, but you still have a smile on your face. That's a great way to put it. That's a great way to put it. I'm with you on that one. Uh, D roar says, uh, didn't he consider retirement last season though? Yeah, see, um, there's a there's an article on PackersNews.com uh, about Aaron Rodgers and him considering retirement. And Pat McAfee uh, was very emphatic, saying Rodgers really, really, really considered retirement. Uh, Pat McAfee was on uh, the Four Letter Network show Get Up with Mike Greenberg and company this morning. And he said that according to Rodgers, or his source says, uh, retirement was a very real consideration. The old thought process in the NFL is that once you start thinking about retirement, you should retire because it takes just an all-in commitment to play in the NFL. And if Rodgers is indeed thinking about retirement, and he was thinking a little little bit about it last year, um, I, I, I'll say this. I think what drives Rodgers, this is, just my opinion. What drives Rodgers is you got to get one more championship. You got to get one more. I think that's what drives him. Got to get one more. So hopefully that comes to fruition this season, next season, whatever, you know, as this window is now open for the Green Bay Packers and their fans. But that's, that's to me, what I think drives him. If indeed he wins, say he wins a championship, not this coming season, but the next season. I would think at the age of 40, uh, you know, encroaching upon 41, short of the money, now you've stabilized your legacy in Green Bay. You've won two, the same amount as, as Bart Starr. You will go down technically as the best passer of all time. So what more do you have to prove? And if you're already thinking about it, you don't have that same level of drive now Brady did. Brady's an anomaly, though. He's an enigma. But I think I don't. I, I would. I would say. I, I think if Rodgers wins it this year, say they win a Super Bowl this year, I don't think he retires. I don't think he walks off. I think he still comes back. Try to get one more. But he knows how hard it is to get there and do it all over again. So do the Packers. But I, I think in the next two years, if, if he wins it, say, two years from now, I think he walks away. I think he walks away. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Good point, though. Really good point. Good stuff today. Coming from everybody. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Skipper Buds. Skipper Buds, they've got boats pouring in. I was out there uh, this morning. There's a Batteries Plus out in that direction. I had to go pick up uh, a new key fob. So I got out there this morning. I was changing some batteries around, and uh, they were doing it in the key fob for my car. Drove past Skipper Buds, and again, I talked about it the other day. There was a couple of uh, semis lined up with some boats, uh, two of them this morning. One had deck boats on it. 
The other one had pontoon boats on it. They're still getting inventory. I mean, it's just pouring in now. If you're looking for a new boat, if you're looking for a yacht, you're looking for a deck boat, sport boat, fishing boat, accessories, they've got it. Skipper Buds. Go to skipperbuds.com. That's skipperbuds.com. And if you're going to head out to the one in Pewaukee and you're looking for a terrific deal, get a hold of my buddy Todd out there. He's the general manager. Todd's a good guy making the deals, and they are selling boats, and uh, it's starting to pick back up. All the boats that were ordered are now in, and everything else is starting to fill up the uh, showroom floor. 262-544-1200. That's 262-544-1200. 262-544-1200. Again, 262-544-1200. Get a hold of our guys out there at Skipper Buds, and they can help you out. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Glad to have you. The Bill Michael Show. We continue on. Our friends at New Mail Medical. Helping guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin, well beyond the borders as well. Oh, New Mail Medical. Guy, they've been doing it for a long time, too. Other people are trying to do it now and impersonate them and all that kind of stuff. They're, they're the best. They're the best at it. Whether it's erectile dysfunction, low testosterone, if you're feeling moody, sluggish, just tired, dragging ass, middle of the day, they can help you out. All you got to do is call 414-455-4451. 414-455-4451. Help them out. That's the New Mail Medical Center. Or maybe you want to start losing some weight. Great way to do it. New Mail Medical, 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. Give me a shout. It's worth it. Works. Hands down works. Without a doubt. Um, Bob says, so you're saying there's a chance that Jordan Love could win a Super Bowl at the age of 42, i.e. Dumb and Dumber. Jordan Love? No. Jordan Love couldn't win one now. Just saying. Sorry. Um, Michael says, uh, does anyone know if there is a limit to how much money, how much of a pay cut you can take? I know... Like the NBA and MLB, you have uh, you have it so once you make so much in your career, you can't drop below a certain percentage of that. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's not like he can say, hey, I'll play for a million bucks. No. But you can restructure, take less, you know. Um, you know, I mean, let's just say Aaron Rodgers goes down with injury and there's a lot of questions about his arm. And he doesn't look good. I mean, you, you can go back to the veterans minimum as a backup. I honestly don't know. I I, I don't know what he could go back. As a starter at the top of your game, like if he wanted to go back and make the veterans minimum now, no, I think there would be a huge stink in the, uh, in the NFL PA. I don't know what is allowed and isn't allowed. I, I, I'm not that deep into it. But I would assume you can't just, you know, drop below that certain level and say, nah, baby, nah. But good point. Good point. 
Uh, 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up, please feel free to give us a call. Uh, our buddy Kevin says he said it, meaning uh, you know the possibility of retirement, because he wants to throw people off track. He said, as you quoted me, Bill Michaels, without due credit, he wasn't going to retire with Brady. Oh, I said that all along, Kevin. He's not going to retire with Brady or with Roethlisberger. That's obvious. You don't want to share the state. You're the guy that has less rings than they do. You're you're probably a better overall quarterback than both of them. In the technical aspect of play, Rodgers is probably better than both Brady and Roethlisberger. But both guys have had incredibly successful careers. Both guys have multiple rings. And Rodgers has one. You don't want to jump on that stage with those two guys. You'd be the lesser of uh, the three evils. You know? And I shouldn't put it that way, but you, you get my point. Um, by the way, John Heyman said the sides are not far apart. Uh, talking about Major League Baseball. Uh, not so far apart right now on the money to mess this up now. At least he says, I don't think. Could go back and forth a couple of times, but no excuses not to finish up the new CBA today. Today. They're $8 million apart on the competitive balance tax. That's it. $8 million. Everything else, that'll fall into place. But it looks like, okay, I, I don't want to jinx it. I'm going to knock on wood. There you go. Come on in. I'm telling you, I believe, believe it in my heart of hearts, today is the day. I now granted all signs are pointing in that direction. It's easy to say. But I just have a feeling today's the day. Baseball, after canceling that second round of games yesterday, said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. The owners are probably jumping a little bit. The players are certainly jumping a little bit, saying, no, we got to get this done. This is getting ridiculous. You got you got conference tournaments going on right now. You got Aaron Rodgers taking all the headlines. Baseball at this point is irrelevant. You got to get back on the field. Today is the day they get the deal done. Now it may happen at eleven o'clock tonight, but I think today's the day they get the deal done. And they give you a date. Say we're gonna be back on the field in this this particular fashion. Spring training will start up in like two days, and April fourteenth will be the opener. The Brewers are going to be home against the St. Louis Cardinals. The rest of that, they're going to try to make those games up however they possibly can or at least get as many of them in as they can. And uh, and we'll see a lot of baseball this upcoming season. So today's the day. Today's the day. I'm feeling good. Feeling good today. Well, baseball back. Looking forward to it. 877-867-1670. Uh, give us a shout. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, this is from Mark. Mark says, uh, hey, Bill, great show. He says, I think Aaron Rodgers' perspective on the outside is that he's a prima donna and a diva. Same on the inside. We just consider him the best one to lead our franchise. Mm, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. Can't deny it. Um, Diane says, I think he needs all the attention. Charles Barkley said it correct. He's the pretty girl that needs to be told he's pretty all the time. And then she's got uh, hashtag uh, love Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Diane, I can't can't deny that. Which was a great ana uh, analogy, by the way, that Charles Barkley had. I mean, I mean, come on. You can say what you want, but actions speak louder than words, right? 
Good stuff. Two hours down. That quick. Bam. Done. Two hours yet to go. Coming up after the top of the hour, we got to talk some Badgers. Looks like Davis is going to be back. The ankle. Knock on wood again. Shouldn't be a major issue. Big Ten tournament for the Badgers coming up tomorrow. Looking forward to that. You got Indiana getting uh, drubbed right now by Michigan. We'll give you an update there. Zach Heilprin, sports director at the zone. W-O-Z-N, the mighty zone in Madison. Our flagship station for the Mill Michael Sports Talk Network. He's going to join us. Coming up next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.